Hello, my name is Mark Gibson, and you're listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost series, a weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. You're most welcome to uh, today's Signpost webinar. After a rather stormy week, we hope that you weren't too badly affected by Isha and Jocelyn visiting Ireland. Um, but as you know, uh, we are passionate about hedgerows here on the Signpost webinar. And during the last week, our hedgerows, hedgerow network has provided important shelter to our birds and other wildlife. And in case you didn't know, surveys have shown that Ireland has almost 700,000 kilometres of hedgerows. And just to put that into perspective, this is the same distance as a return trip to the moon. So um, we have a serious, we're seriously uh, endowed with, with hedgerows in this country. So this morning, we're delighted to be joined by Dr. Catherine Keena, who's countryside management specialist uh, with Chagask and expert in hedgerow management. And today we'll be discussing hedgerow planting and the importance of getting it right. Catherine, you're very welcome. Thank you, Mark. How are you? Great, great. So, Catherine, you're going to it like today. This yeah, is really the, probably the best time of the year to be having this conversation. Um, yeah. You're yeah, going to be sharing some some tips on on getting it yeah, right. And I suppose I, I've talked a lot about hedges, and there's a lot I could say. So, I'm concentrating today on on some new changes um, and very, very, very key principles. If we could just understand the principle, there's a lot of ways of doing things um, to avoid doing wrong things. So, yeah. So uh, we have um, we have a lot of uh, hedgerows to be planted over the next uh, few months through uh, the Acres program in particular. Um, the what what sort of effort is going to be required by farmers between now and uh, March? I suppose is the, the, the usually around the time that it wraps up at a lot. <laughs> Do we have any estimate on the, the, the amount of hedgerows that have to yes, be Yes, I have all the details in it, but it's about um two, what was it, 2,000 kilometres. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. That's a serious, serious amount. Pat, uh, sorry about that technical hitch there. Uh, good yeah. to see you this morning. You're going to help us out with questions later. Yeah. You're, you're keeping yeah. well. Yep. Great, great. Um, so, Catherine, I think we'll get straight into that because I know you have a, a fairly uh, sizable slide deck to share with us this morning. Um, and uh, so just remind people while Catherine's getting set up that today's session is being recorded and will be available on the Chagas YouTube channel uh, as, as well as the presentation uh, on the Chagas website. And of course, if you don't have the chance to view the, the video, you can tune into uh, the podcast version of the Signpost series uh, on whatever platform you use for podcasts. So Catherine, we'll hand over to you and look forward to taking questions at the end. Thanks, Mark. Um... Okay, so the four kind of themes is uh, back the the importance of hedges, planting principles, um, acres, and in particular changes to acres and the future industry needs. So on the importance of hedges, hot off the press yesterday from the launch of the Ireland's fourth National Biodiversity Action Plan, which has I must say was the amount of people in the room and the amount of media attention compared to the first three, which I've been involved in all along. I mean, it's, it's just, there. our time has come for biodiversity. Um, so there's a lot going on in the media. You'll hear about this one. And with regard to today's um, talk, it's just all I'm going to say is that hedges are included in that uh, biodiversity action plan. They're a habitat and, uh, you know, we, we want to look after them. 
another um, recent development was the Joint Committee on uh, Environment and Climate Action reported on the recommendations of the Citizens' Assembly and they came up with their own recommendations out of the um, the large number of recommendations from the Citizens' Assembly. So again, just to, to focus in there on... on um, so with regard to hedges, um, talking about a new national strategy for the protection, maintenance, re restoration, expansion of Ireland's hedges um, legislation. But I think the third point is the one I want to highlight today that, again, this talk about um, sufficient results-based incentives must be made available to support all aspects of proper management, in particular the new CAP scheme should recognise and reward good hedger quality. So I suppose the message for today then that with all of this, uh, hedgerow quality um, will be more important than ever, um, as well as quantity. Um, in particular, the birds of 110 birds regularly recorded in the Countryside Bird Survey in Ireland, 55 use hedges, half our birds use hedges, all for different things, 35 to nest. Um, our, our mammals that use hedges, the hedgerows, hedgehog shrews, pine martens, that leads to the, the to the birds again, the barn owl out finding the shrews along the hedges. All the bat species fly along hedges and use them. Uh, not all our bees, but some of our bees, some of our moths and some of our butterflies are associated with hedges and some of them uh, in specifically as tied into hedgerow species. Everyone, you mentioned shelter there in your opening, which would be of relevance this week. And again, a, a farmer lately particularly wanted me to talk about the, the flooding value. So, look, everyone has their own angle. They're all absolutely, um, you know, have their own um, contribution. Hedges contribute to so many different parts and in particular to the to the carbon, which is very relevant now, both as a stock and as a sequestering while they're growing actively. So that's the importance of them. Um, Planting principles, just a couple of kind of, some of them are, are kind of random. Uh, we summarised out of Hedgerow Week in 2023, um, three clear messages that while bigger and denser is better, we always want di a diversity. We don't want them all the exact same. But the most important thing, getting bigger in writing there, is only healthy hedges will continue to deliver for biodiversity and carbon. So um, that's my overriding concern is healthy hedges um, OK, so coming down to planting then, considering we want quality and we want healthy hedges, the, oh, the oh, first question and only question I would ask the, a farmer uh, for an advisor to ask them is, which hedge are you planting? You can see there, um, if they're on the right and the left, and we, we all see those as you drive through the countryside, two totally different hedges. So we should never, ever talk about hedges without saying which one we're talking about, because that has led to very, very um, wrong messages, if you know what I mean. So the one on the right we call our tree line hedge and the one on the left there we called our, our topped hedge. And again, here, the one on the left is has has never, ever been topped. So it's a tree line hedge. And the one at the back there is a topped hedge and correctly has thorn trees allowed grow up inside it as well. So the next uh, message to remember is and um, I was working with uh, a advisors during the week. We were on a training day and one of them said, it's just so so and maybe I've never said it as clear before, but the first thing before you plant a white thorn is to remember that white thorn is a tree and that's what it wants to grow into being. 
um, if we don't if we don't do anything. If we want something else, we have to understand how it grows and uh, manage it accordingly. So white thorn is a tree, a most beautiful tree, my favorite tree. But that's 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 another thing. So and the the wherever you cut now that's an ash we're looking at there but it was just a picture i thought during the week demonstrated clearly it, it's the same with the white thorn wherever you cut the leader uh, you will get multiple buds uh, bursting beneath the cut so you can i don't mind where you cut it as long as you know why you're cutting where you are and as long as it leads to a healthy hedge because uh, this is where we've run into problems. So that's an ash there. But if, similarly for a white thorn, wherever we cut it, it's going to the growth is going to uh, build up there. So if we want um, a topped hedge, like the one on the left in the photos earlier, um, it, or in the first photo, only dense, only hedges with dense growth at the base should be topped because they can only they can support a topping so the one uh, you know it, uh, the one on the top there clearly you know if that's being topped every year at that level uh without a base to support its growth you're it's it's um you know it's a, a cut death by a thousand, thousand cuts and we see that with a lot of the hedges uh which were cut down um maybe 50 years ago for the first time from being tree line hedges but rather than being cut at the base they were cut um, in the middle and have no base to support them and then if you go on to cut them severely at the same level every year there is no growth there to support the and then you have ivy and brambles clambering over them and while I love ivy and the black thorn bramble um, I don't like them clamber over a hedge but usually it's not the ivy or brambles fault it's the fault of the hedge and I am concerned that it's still a problem with the new hedges that are being planted because so that is my my uh, mission in life today is to try and get the new ones on the right road uh, it, it's a shame not so there's two ways then if we want that topped hedge one and maybe I don't talk about it often enough um, it's never going to be the mainstream possibly but um, it is a fantastic I love it um, it's hedge lay laying the hedge so you leave it you do not top it today or or in five years' time when it comes to the top of the wire, you let it grow on. You never top it because the hedge layers want that tall, tall bushy hedge. They will cut out half it, side trimming it when they come to lay it. And I said 15 years. I'm sure people will say different, you know, slightly different. It can be, you know, but give or take. Uh, that's what we're talking about, letting it grow up there and then laying it down. And you can see again where they're cutting it is at the base. OK, or that could be coppiced at that point by cutting it right through. But that's one very, very good option for hedgerow management. Um, the second one then. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, As I said, we need to understand how how trees and shrubs grow. Apical dominance me means they grow into a tree. And that beautiful picture on the bottom is my beautiful tree line hedge. Um, and that is what we get if we don't uh, if we don't manage the hedge. And But that is, as I said, it's tree line hedge. OK, but if if this is the hedge we want, um, First of all, we need to make sure that farmers understand that the other hedge is very excellent because maybe we don't talk enough or I haven't talked enough about it in the past. So if you want your tree line hedge, fine. But if you want this one, this is where you have to have a plan of action from day one. Um, so if you're not going to, to plan for laying it in 15 years time, 
without topping it in between now, remember that, um, then this, if this is what we want, uh, this, this is the way we, we've been, we, uh, we, we're, we'll talk about doing it. So the top edge is again, we have the good and the bad, the good ones on the, the top of the right is the perfect one with um, the top of the left is excellent. It's one in Grange where we only started leaving the white thorn slip about five years ago and now it's on its way into being, a, it's crooked because it didn't come straight from the base, but it's good. But that's a moving more into the management there. But clearly what we don't want in our new hedges is either of the ones at the bottom. Okay. And Catherine, the, the frequency of topping, imagine that's probably each year, is it? Uh, well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I like little and often, but that's yeah. only if you're providing the flowers and fruit in another mechanism um, mm-hmm. on, on the, on the farm, if you know what I mean. Um, I w- will talk, I'll show you in a moment now about rough cuts. So little and often is uh, like your white thorn hedge thrives on being cut, but only if it's cut a little bit, tiny bit further out each year. Um, and yeah, OK, so for so for our top hedge then to, to have the reason we want that big, big, well, the reason the head for a healthy hedge, we need that dense space if we're going to keep topping it. That is also excellent for for birds nesting and the amount of volume um in a hedge like that um you know it could be up to 15 foot high we do need to keep the the apical dominance cut so we need to keep the top cup top cut um so you know it's as high as the hedge cutter will go so it could be 15 foot high or whatever um apart from the occasional trees but that's superb then bigger and bulkier the better for the birds to nest for all the mammals you know at the base etc and clearly for carbon that has to be good it's just a mass of growth of dense growth um so and then providing the trees are left so clearly here uh, well we can't really see the height there but clearly there's not a thorn tree in sight so where that's cut annually or even every second year um you will have zero flowers for bird for bees and zero fruit for birds so i think that's what we need to be clear about um, the, so the value of the top hedges is primarily in the dense space because the majority of that that best practice top hedge is in the base. You can see there are the things I was all talking about, the wrens and the thrushes and all those that live in that dense undergrowth um, and cr- the, the um, associated mammals crawling along the side. But it can still have some of the canopy biodiversity when occasional thorn trees are allowed to grow up. Um, and then you have the, you know, some of the, the canopy biodiversity and a lot of the other biodiversity. And um, as I said, we, we would recommend always having both types of hedges on the farm or at least having some of the uh, tree line hedges. So to plant this top hedge, this best practice top hedge, we choose hedge or species that tolerate trimming. We plan for occasional white thorn trees um, and <clears throat> And include, uh, yeah, and uh, another as in uh, additional tree species, we protect these with a uh, with the tree guard the day the day you plant the hedge. Um, you prune plants, the rest of the plants immediately after planting. You push compostable film over the pruned stumps, and you prune each year to get a layered effect. And again, I learned from my from the the training I was giving during the week from the people who were there. Um, we kind of reworded it to you just cut the leaders every year rather than 
chase every bit. That's what I've always been doing, but I found it, I, I didn't have the right words to explain it. Um, we've seen the pictures now. So for our top, to start off a good top tedge, we plant your five per metre in a double staggered row. You you prune it with your secateurs an inch or so above the ground. And instead of one, you'll have five. Uh, you push down your compostable film and you put your tree guard on your occasional thorn trees. Um, and then the second year, as I said, you come back and you prune the leaders, anything that's going to take off. And the other question that I had to think about when somebody said, well, OK, I've done it in year one. I'm not going to do it anymore. But if you look at the, the picture top of the right, if you only do it once or even at the bottom of the top of the, le the left there. So if you think of a once once tree stump and now instead of one single tree, you have four or five um crooked trees coming out of it that's very unstable and in fact we have that in Kildalton where I did that way back in 04 I only cut it once and you have a very kind of a, a wavering it's not a good hedge um, it, and they're liable to break off and disease get in so I, where we're pruning we need to keep pruning um, we need this incremental cutting of the new hedge with your tree guard, tree guard on your occasional thorn tree there and off it goes and all you do is walk down the grass at the side. I wouldn't even cut it. Cutting it encourages it. Walk it over maybe once. Hopefully we're trying once in the year to walk because it will flop over. Now, it doesn't kill it, but the more you can keep it. Um, so once a year, walk along both sides. We have the compostable film suppliers in Ireland, um, and yeah, they have, they've said they will supply. Well, they they will develop anything we want. I go for the wider, the better. Obviously, it costs more. Mark, you were talking about um having smaller roles. Obviously, it's slightly higher costs to that. So you know, in time, they will develop anything we we want, um, as an industry. So best practice management at the top edges, then we side trim over time from a wide base from a, to, a from a to a triangular profile. You cut the growing point to prevent escaping um, and you leave the peak as high as possible, at least one and a half metres. That's a minimum now. It's not the maximum um, above the ground. And don't forget in, in acres, just while I'm talking about it there, they're talking about 1.8. I would love to build the low ones gradually up to 1.8 to as high as possible. Um, but just be careful there if you're cutting any hedge where there's an acres area based action um, you don't cut it below 1.8, even in year one. Uh, rotate, retain occasional thorn saplings um, and allow mature flowering and fruiting cut little and often now look whether that's one or two or three years it depends on the hedge what we don't want is this now i know maybe that's a dramatic picture there but you know you, you do see hedges uh, a lot of our hedges aren't fully white thorn and you know once they're left and cut tried to be cut with a flail um it's not good news we don't want that for disease or for for whatever um uh, yeah. OK. So then we'll turn to our, uh, our tree line hedges. Um, I used to call them escaped. It kind of had negative connotations. People were given out to me and rightly so. So never topped, I think, explains it. But we're calling them the tree line hedges. They're all beautiful. They're all super for biodiversity there. Um, a grass margin wouldn't go astray and would stop things um, going through them. Although the sheep there would, would like to be right in under the hedge. Um, so if that's the kind of a hedge you want, and it's and and we are in our um in our signpost farms we're encouraging farmers to have must well I'm gonna say must have but we really are starting to measure how much hedges that everybody should have some 
topped or sorry, some tree line never topped hedges um, because they are going to be buckets of fruit and flowers. But then, yeah, so we want both types. Uh, the 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 um, the biodiversity is primarily in the canopy in these kind of hedges. So you can see absolutely full of fruit and flowers. So food, 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 nest sites for some of the birds who nest up in a, up in that kind of a tree. Um, so just just beautiful. So for those hedges, it's sand trim only, do not top. And the saddest part is when people come in and cut those at a metre or two above the ground, it's really not, it's kind of the end of the hedge um, over time, I would suggest. Uh, planting a new uh, tree line hedge you can't prune that one after planting because uh, you want the single stem from from day one uh use of compostable film is not possible so any kind of mulch um we've con we've considered sheep's wool there um in in Cadalton and we're we're uh, you know it's a fantastic option listen anything that keeps the light out will work it's a case of what um what's practical and for you know while sheep's wool is going to be super for a farmer who has it and unfortunately worth only six sixty cent a fleece um it's possibly a very good option if you're a sheep farmer growing hedges I don't know that we can turn it into an industry but that's for another day um. Now, uh, to just a couple of other principles to remember when we're talking about hedges to address the biodiversity crisis that we have, um, we must follow evidence based recommendations um, and we must consider all native biodiversity in the hedge everywhere in, in general in the biodiversity crisis, even the ugly ones. Uh, and a single species focus can be dangerous. So just be careful. Every action you take will have um, you know, positive and negative reaction, action, you know, consequences. Um, but it's just to be very careful that, you know, when we are talking about biodiversity, we're talking about all biodiversity, not just a single species. Now, you may do for an individual hedge. Um, so, you know, just remember that we're talking about all the bugs and bees associated with the hedge. Um, and it's not always about the the. Um, the, the hedge species, so especially in the older hedges or relic hedges. Saying that, I think most people that are going planting a hedge will want either a good tree line hedge or a good topped hedge, and that's that makes sense. Okay, so moving on to my third theme of the acres. Um, we had, uh, yes, yeah, seven and a half thousand farmers planting two. Two million meters at five uh, plants per meter. So that's where we get our, our 10 million plants needed. Um, so six we have two schemes and there is a important here. We have a scheme in Acres General um, and the Acres CP. So the Acres General have to plant it all in year one. Well, actually, the, the Acres CP have plant have have uh, agreed to plant uh, that much in year one as well although that will they will probably not get approval before March um, and they but the good news with the acre CP for the future of the industry is they will be planting will be planting every year after this different hedges so at least for the first time ever and schemes have their own rules and, and we can't always do what we would like to do but for in general for the RDP schemes you everything happens in the first year but acre CP is a new departure here so 20,000 maybe or whatever of our farmers in acres um, now while they are mainly in the uplands and we certainly aren't planting trees in the uplands or any of the wet grassland areas but we are they, most farms have uh, lowlands most farms have water 
we can do with trees on practically every farm, um, even the ones that are on the lowland part of those farms that are in the in the CP area. So I would expect and hope that there'll be tree hedges planted for the next um, four years under acre CP, which gives the industry and us all a good chance to kind of get things right. Okay, so hedge planting in acres, just a couple of the rules I mentioned, five per metre in the double staggered row. Um, the tree things which have changed have gone um, from from early last year. The the um, the requirement to use tree species is gone. That came through in a circular at the beginning of 2023. A lot of people missed these individual changes afterwards um, and that no one species making up more than 70 percent of the total is gone. That had already moved to 85, but now it's gone altogether. So the, the, the what what means there is we can have 100 percent white thorn now. I love my other species, but I love my Irish provenance more so. Um, so that's why it, it, it went to 100 percent white thorn with the hope of it being Irish provenance. We'll come on to that in a moment. But now we, we have run out of the white thorn even for the Irish provenance. Um, so it, we that we'll come to that in a second. You still must pr- purchase from a registered producer. You must retain the plant passport no matter where you get it from, whether it is imported or Irish provenance at this point um you must have the plant passport for the next five years while you're in acres um protect with from livestock with appropriate fence there's no specific fence needed it can be a single strand electric wire if that does the job come control competing vegetation and replace failed plants in the following planting season um so then um yeah, so the, this was the circular there uh, that just came out. So um, I, I just worded it exactly like for, what it came, that participants who selected the white thorn species as their chosen hedgerow species will no longer have to meet the Irish provenance or Irish origin requirement when purchasing plants from the department uh, registered operators. Removal of Irish provenance relates to white thorn species only. This is important now. It does not encompass the other seven species the holly and the blackthorn and those you you can only use those if you if they are Irish provenance and the same with all the trees in acres which we're not really talking about today so this amendment applies to the the new hedge in acres one acres two and the NPIs which is the CP plans okay so moving on from there that's where we're at at the moment um the future industry needs um it would be better if we were using Irish provenance. Native species um, are in tune with each other with the timing and flowering um, with the plants that have been here for the last 10,000 years. Um, Irish provenance means Irish plants grown from seeds collected from Irish plants grown in Ireland for the past 10,000 years. The origin of plants or seeds will determine their adaptability, quality and wildlife value. Uh, trees of the same species adapted to different regions of Europe. So example, a white thorn here versus a white thorn grown in Eastern Europe can bud, burst, flower and seed at different times and our, might fool our Irish birds, mammals and insects, which are adapted to our, our timings. Um, and then the Irish origin, Irish tree sent abroad and the seedlings re-imported may be called Irish origin, but maybe carrying. Well, it's always a danger if you're moving stuff about carrying pests and diseases um, or else. I think Irish origin can also be where it's grown in Ireland, where a plant is spends a season in the ground in Ireland. So Irish origin is um, is the same. So, look, there are plant risks. To, there's risks to everything. There are plant health risks to moving um 
to hedgerow trees and plants from insects, uh, other invertebrates. These are both native um, insects and these these are problems that will always arrive. The big one we're worried about with the, uh, well, I suppose the ash dieback is there, but the, the one we're worried about from the, that has got a lot of attention lately is the fire blight, uh, for, which is a bacteria disease for the white thorn, which, you know, can, it's it, yeah, which could come in with imported plants. However, um, it's important to, to point out that there are rules on importation of plants. Um, there's a notification of imports from within the EU and a pre-notification of phytosanitary certification of plants from non-EU countries. All plants must be accompanied by a specific protected zone plant passport. They can only be imported if they come from a protected zone and DAPM conduct plant health surveillance checks. So there is a system in place from the from the disease point of view. Now, I suppose my more interest again, I'm talking about the future, not not for the moment, because we have to deal with where we are at the moment. But it would be better if we had um, if we had Irish provenance. And just a couple of examples from the timing point of view, from the budding, the holly is the food plant of caterpillars um, of the holly blue, blue butterfly. And they live in the flower buds of holly. So obviously they're timing to the budding of the holly. Uh, similarly, the brown hair streak butterfly and its caterpillar feed on the delicate new blackthorn leaves in spring after hatching from eggs, which have overwintered on the plant. Um, there are 62 species of moths associated with a monoculture white thorn hedge. So as I said, we need to think about everything that's in the hedge and white thorn is absolutely superb. Um, and that is an example there of the picture in the picture is the figure of eight moth. And you can see there why it's um, it feeds on white thorn and black thorn. And the moths are amazingly um, adapted color wise. You wouldn't know it's there. And that's the whole idea of the moth. So the bird won't see it. Alder buckthorn is one of the food plants of the brimstone butterfly and its green caterpillar. Look at that green caterpillar on the leaf. You wouldn't see it if you didn't realize it was there. Um, so, Jen, a couple of things that where, where we are, where Ireland um, and the Department of Agriculture and Forestry are trying to, um, to, to work, work with this issue. Because I think from the disease point of view, the biodiversity and purely the economic point of view, wouldn't it be better if we had an industry here supplying all our needs? And we can't depend on the schemes only for this. We have communities, we have individuals, we have lots of people who grow grow hedges outside the schemes. And I think the vast majority of those would love to have them coming from Ireland. So, but again, there's an FRM directive. Uh, who, there is a system here is what I'm getting at for the, the system is already in place. We need to uh, lead particularly or driven particularly by the native woodland scheme. Um, the forest service is responsible for in, implementing it. Um, and I just putting up these slides so that you know that they're there. I won't go through them in detail. The Forest Service uh, talked to us in the Woodlands of Ireland Technical Advisory Group um, about this. And again, um, how to, that is... Um, so about collecting seed, all it's all regulated is my point. So it, it is there to be a seed collector. Um, so and there is also new schemes here. There is the seed orchard scheme. Well, that has already been there. Forest type nine. And I suppose, again, this is all coming from forestry because they are interested in, in doing this themselves. You can see by the species there, they're not particularly the hedgerow species, but there is a there is a seed orchard scheme there for for the um, for the native species of the tree species. 
and then uh, with something that's new um the investment aid for the development of the forestry nursery service sector um it's actually open at the moment but i think it will be open each year and again it supports commercial nurseries to enhance the quantity uh quality and diversity of native tree species for all sorts of equipment to do with setting up so this is all about setting up our encouraging the the development of um an industry producing seed for from a biodiversity point of view as well as a commercial forestry point of view so from a biodiversity point of view we're talking about native species and the minor species that wouldn't have been in the so uh, this is just a couple of examples that we've been working that was in in that's you i don't think farmers will be too, too many farmers will be planting you as a tree but that we were down at an event in killarney in killarney national park and the seeds were just ready for collection um Again, this is from 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 the uh, Quilche where they have. I'm just showing the store where everything is traced. All those seeds are collected and traced, and will be there forever. That was collected in 2012, and we still know where and when. Then there's a huge amount of work in in uh, when that seed you, you can hold the seed, but then when it is going to be grown, there's years involved, or not years, but more than a year with some species involved in stratifying the seed, wet and cold and light and no light, uh, mimicking nature. Then we move on to that's down with Nunso Hardy, where we were looking at the where the plants then move on and are sown out in the field and take a couple of two years to grow out in the field. So this is not something we can do overnight. Um, and then this is um, you may have seen this featured on Ear to the Ground last week. It was just amazing to see the people were very interested in the in the tractor and the machine, how they lifted the plants that are growing um, their, their white thorn plants being collected and put into bags and sold. So I suppose my vision or my wish would be that we would have a, an industry uh, collecting seed for all our hedging species. And we need to, to do that now to be ready for it will take a few years to help, you know, for all the minor species. So, um, thank you, Catherine. You got through a huge amount there in relatively short time. So, I mean, that 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 is a good message to be, you know, sending out. I mean, that there is a a um, potential to expand that that part of the the industry and that uh, cultivation. It's very interesting to see that that stratification. I hadn't come across that before, actually. So it does it does make you make could sense. do it yourself between your hot press and keeping things in light and dark. And every species has its own requirement. There's a fantastic book called Our Trees, which was brought out um, at the uh, for the millennium. And it's there on the website for anybody that wants to do their own at home, gather their own seed and do it. But it's not for the faint hearted as an industry. And I think it's a different person that will be collecting the seed than will be growing it on. Do you know what I mean? It's um, it's a uh, anyway, it can be done. Well, there's, there's, there's one group that are very happy about your presentation, Catherine. It's the the beekeepers of Ireland. Uh, the the few few mentions there from the beekeepers across uh, Ireland around the importance of hedgerows uh, for for bees and uh, associated uh, wildlife as well. Um, so I think we have a lot of questions coming in here. So I think Pat, we'll get straight into them because um, some some more technical ones on, on, on acres. But uh, maybe Pat, if you'd like to get get us going. Yeah, there. I suppose the the, the first uh, there's a couple of questions there on fire blight disease, and I, I know you mentioned it, and and is is there a risk to hire to um, hedgerows, and is there anything we can do to uh, prevent it? Well, prevention is better than cure. There's no cure, so the to be sure, to be sure, you 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 know you only use Irish provenance, but you know we live in a, the real world and we don't have enough Irish provenance, so um, 
that yeah i suppose you're depending on the system working then yeah so another question here under acres uh do you need to plant trees in hedgerows for example planting 300 meters of hedging is there a requirement for planting trees every 10 to 15 meters yes but my prefer preference would be the white thorn tree and so, to let that grow, yes grow that is the tree there. yes yeah. uh, as i said you can plant the others um in the in the yeah so that's the that's the answer yeah uh, can white thorn that were planted three or four years ago, but not well maintained since, be topped back uh, significantly, significantly to encourage base growth? That's the really most most common and most relevant question, Pat, because that's that's relevant to all the. Now, um, I you absolutely you can, and if you're ever cutting, go back to the base. Now, I have a slight worry because we did it in Clonakilty um a few years ago. It was about a ten year old hedge. And I was hoped that I was kind of assumed at that stage it wouldn't need the film because that would be the advantage that you could go back in and, you know, not have to put down the film. But it, it really struggled. Now, we'll have to have another go at it. But um, so I, I you can absolutely do it if you put down a mulch such as the compostable film. Now, I hope people I'd say would be hoping not to have to do that. And I mean, if you're doing that, the right time to do it is day one, because then you get all the benefits out of it. You have a massive hedge from from the all the protection it gets as well. But the answer, Pat, is yes, you can like look at what we're doing in Coppicen is we're doing that with three 200 year old hedges. But okay. always go to the base. You, you you mentioned, and it might be worth a mention, you mentioned that you down in Clonakilty, but you have established right around the country a series of demonstrations. Is it worth just mentioning what you do with those and, and will you be having events at those this year again? Yeah, I think um, so. We Rather than walking people around a lot of fields, I came up with the, and it's really good idea, of 10 metres each year for the next 10 years. So that, you know, you can, here's one I prepared earlier and earlier and earlier. And so it, it's, I think once farmers see that top hedge being demonstrated, they buy it. They absolutely buy it. Now, whether they go and do it or not, do you know, but they totally get it. You, but to, to, to buy your lovely two foot plants and uh, put them into the ground and go cutting them off at the base, that takes courage. Mm. And you really need to see it a year on. So yeah. that's what we've done. And then um, I think one of the advisors, Anthony Deneen, said to me, he said, you can't keep talking about the tree line hedge if you don't if you're not showing it. So now on, on the we've subsequently now alongside or very near our top hedge, we're doing our 10 meter tree line hedge every every year so either in year 10 12 years time we can come back and lay it or we can leave it as a tree line hedge forever which i absolutely love so we're kind of just trying to show what should be on every farm a mix of that and some farmers will like one more than the others and yeah so that that's on all and, our and, and you have those at most of the, the yes the, and you're right on, research and and colleges yeah and the first week of september hedgerow week we we've no doubt we'll be going back with events to all of those yeah Catherine, we have a question, uh, a few questions here from people who have maybe a two or three year old hedge, but didn't actually coppice it or, or cut it back at the start. When When is it too late to do that or does well, it that depend was on the species? Question really, Mark, there and that's year 200, you can do it. So you can okay. do it any time, but the question yeah. is, do you need to do the vegetation management? Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, okay, that's that's. Uh, can you nice. make tree-lined hedges stockproof? No. Good, quick, no. quick answer. And, and stockproof isn't 
in fact, most farmers don't even think they can be stock proof. If you know what I mean, it's usually not the top one, top, it's not the main reason they're growing the hedge. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't. Uh, aim just a, a, a specific question. Any problem using sheep's wool on a, a hedge as its category three waste? Yes, I only heard that last night from my own colleague, Noel Claffey, when I was looking for sheep's wool for him to bring around the country to my other sites. So I have to look into that further. I'll be back to you, Pat, on that one. Um, okay. I I don't know. I, as I said Noel alerted me to that last night when I asked him, could I have sheep's wool to bring around the country? Uh, it seems that derogation for, for non-Irish grown hawthorn is a dangerous situation. Should we be planting other species until we can get a supply uh, of homegrown? But I think the, we the, don't the have problem them. is, is, is the, the supply of all of them. We don't have any. We, the reason only the white thorn is there is because we had very little of the others. We were never. That's why we were back to 100 percent white thorn at, way back because the, the others weren't around. In, in general, now I speak for, and if anybody has them, please let me know. You'll have no problem getting rid of them this year anyway. Yeah, question here around the uh, possibility of an extension that the department might grant to hedgerow planting well, the, in, in acres. Yeah, um, the department certainly can't grant it. I, they, maybe they can go and ask in Europe, but listen, the schemes are, are, are very strict, as we know, and you see you're being paid for your work in year five years, so it messes up all the calculations. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just it's it's a seems to be a, a question. Well, and the are... other point, Mark, to that is next year isn't going to be much better. Yeah, yeah I, I think... that's why I particularly went through the example of what needs from collecting to to selling. It's yeah four years maybe. Yeah, there's a, a question here about uh, for farmers receiving payment uh, that they are are provided with training, but are contractors uh, being trained in the same way where where they're doing the work? Um, a contractors uh, for hedge planting. I wonder. Yeah. Um. No, I well, no. I'm sure. I, I, I. To be honest, I find people who work with hedges with with planting are very understanding. But the problem is, they will do what the farmer wants, and the farmer doesn't understand. So I'm not so sure that they'd be pushing it or encouraging it. But yeah. Um. It's it's ultimately the farm. Yeah. No. I, not not formally, Pat. Is elder a, a good hedgerow tree? I, I wonder, are they talking elder or alder? Elder yeah. is 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 not good for the hedge. So it's um it's soft and it's floppy. And when you cut it, when you cut it inappropriately, it's even worse because then it budgeons out to maybe 12 feet wide. Um, All can be in a tree line hedge. This is the beauty of the tree line hedge. You could put all our 20 native species in it and let them off and let them you know, do what they like. And that's the absolute, that's why we need the tree line ones. We have loads, lots of elder in the country. I wouldn't be removing it. It's absolutely fantastic for, but I wouldn't be putting it into my top hedge. Okay. There was a, a, an inquiry. Could you uh, show the detail of the, the plastic suppliers a, a, again? Or the other alternative is we will have the presentation up and you can download the presentation and, and it's in that. Yeah. Um. Do you need to turn a sod when planting a new hedgerow or could okay, you just plant really directly into the ground? Really good question. I always do for ease of planting and I make it clear that's the reason I'm doing it. Sometimes, again, people who plant hedges have fantastic tools. If the soil is wet, um, in general, the soil is good enough, if you know what I mean, but it's a lot, lot easier to plant it. I always give the example of in, in 2006 when we went around the country and had an event in every in every county planting hedges with a digger because I insisted on it and came home to my own farm, said I wouldn't bother, and within half an hour we're gone for the digger. 
<laughs> and are there any other tools that people you see using to well plowing certainly if you're a tillage farmer in, in oak park last year they used the plow perfectly maybe a little bit more awkward for planting into but mm. you know that use whatever anything that makes it easier to to put it into then you walk along with a spade and uh you know two people and you fly along then putting them in and you put them to the right depth exactly you plant them to the same depth as were previously planted you don't bury the roots you don't leave them sticking up you cut the roots if necessary, but if you have cultivated ground, you won't need to do that. Yeah, and just for people, the sequence is you you do your planting and then you put your and mulch. Then, yes, you Mark, know, that's really good yeah. because even when they're looking at it in the field, that's we mm. often, yeah, um, yeah, you plant it first, you cut, and then you push the prune plant or push the pr- plastic over the pruned plant, except for that. Go with your tree guard first and put it on your one in every ten meters, so that you won't have it chopped off before you forget. Um, but yes, yeah. you you push it over so that yeah, because if you do it the well the other way around would be horrendously more complicated, but also it would leave a much bigger hole. You just wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. And your trees, then you you maybe would you plant them after the, the no no down, I or? no no they'll be in the row of the like you I suppose the way I do it if I was if in the in the in the ideal world if I had my Irish provenance of the other species I'd have my eight or nine eighty five percent white thorn so I'll only have one you know I'd I'd fly along with one row of of every so it's about a foot between the rows um full of white thorn and then the next row every maybe third or fourth or fifth plant would be another so it could be a black thorn it could be a holly it could be a pull out of the other bag so it's kind of a nice system there we um going if you if you, when you, you know some, what you're planting you have some videos up on youtube yeah lots of videos yeah. yeah yeah so so if anyone wants to to take a look they're they're on the chagask uh, uh section on the on youtube uh, uh Another a couple of questions here, quick fire ones. Uh, thanks, Catherine, for a great presentation. Is the nursery grantscape open up for startups? I assume so. I am not an expert at all. I said that was a presentation by End of Quotes, yeah. I think, to us. So um, contact the forestry service. To contact our own foresters, actually, Pat. The, um, the our own Chagas foresters would be super to, to to help. And can I just say, too, just coming from yesterday from the biodiversity um, launch of it and meeting a lot of the biodiversity officers, which are now in every county, and they are very, very positive about uh, working with all of this. And, you know, maybe I would love to see this on a county base. Now, maybe a county is too small, but, you know, um, so it, like if you could have local funding for, you, you know, you know, for promoting it and even making sure that everybody in 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 Leitrim was you know county councils community schools everybody was thinking of who's in Leitrim supplying you know maybe they won't be supplying all but do you know what I'm getting at so we yeah. need the biodiversity officers are 100% behind us on this um you know maybe I, you know as well as it's not all about the money we need to develop the market as well because people don't realize what they're buying right yeah, and and there's a, a follow-on. Do you think it's a, a potential for some farmers to become small tree nurseries over the next few years, or is that something that would require a lot of expertise and a lot of paperwork? And uh, lot, yeah, it? it's not for everybody, Pat. I mean, yeah. it's possibly something I'd love to do if I retired, <laughs> but I'm not going oh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not for everybody. And as I said, there's different aspects of the job for everybody. And uh, you know, so obviously you need a little bit of land for doing it. But it may not necessarily be a farmer. It could be a farmer. Yeah, it's somebody. Yeah, could be anybody. Do I need to use spiral guards to protect my hedging plants? Uh, same as trees using ah, tree guards. Then you're you're eliminating any bit of um growth at the base. Mm. Uh, it's very expensive. No, I no, I wouldn't do it. 
Um, I've seen them done in like in, in gardens or in places. I mean, but the reason people might be tempted to use them would be the rabbits and the hares. So a couple of points on that. Um, first of all, um, that's the reason I do plant later in the season. Now, later being very dangerous to go too late uh, because mm. especially once you plant kind of, I used to always say St. Patrick's Day, I was a bit late in Kildalton last year and it came very dry. Now it was at the end of my tour of the country and I don't know what we were into near maybe nearly April when the when the season was uh, when they were coming out of the cold store and they struggled a bit I've never had that before so but bearing that in mind I've never had a problem with planting them in in March providing you have the time to do them then and in six weeks they're ahead of the rabbits that's all you want them to be rather than sitting in the ground for four months doing nothing and um, if you do have a problem um, the look there's lots of suggestions about lime and slurry and different things the only thing I found effective is is two strands of electric wire one at six inches and one at 18 inches around the the hedge um you know for that only short very very short Probably. period to get yeah. them away yeah a question there what's the ecological benefit of banks associated with hedges oh amazing and carbon pat so now I don't think we'd probably create a bank because where we get the soil, we'd be doing more disturbance. So that's more about existing unless, again, you're in a very wet area. We've done demos before. I remember in each one time we did we did dig a drain like they did long ago and made a bank. But in general, you wouldn't be doing that, but you could. And, and in some cases, potentially for water where you might hold back a little bit of water. Yes, water. actually, aren't you yeah. talking about that measure, Pat? In, yeah, in, so maybe that's more more relevant than I thought. It's just I wouldn't do it unless you had a reason to do it. Um, but yeah. I suppose existing banks is what I really don't want touched from a carbon or a biodiversity. Again, thinking of that bigger picture of biodiversity, um, you know, sometimes, I, you know, people would say the best place for the bank was under the head, you know, to, to knock it down and begin again. And I would not do that. Yeah, there's there's no there's a lot of benefits, particularly from a, a sediment loss perspective as well. Um, Catherine, questions coming in around the the you, you talked about uh, sourcing hedgerows from some seed um, or the, that process, but what about uh, propagation from slips or or cuttings? Is, Again, is that I'd, be, I'd be looking up successful? my. I'd be looking up my Our Trees book, Mark, but I am um, for Whitethorn. Now it can grow, and I always say try it, but it's not. I wouldn't put anyone to the trouble of doing it because, and even one farmer told me lately, they appeared to grow and then they died. So I don't know. It's not the normal way. If you were talking about willow, Sally, it's the normal way. So every yes. species has its method of propagation, and cuttings is absolutely fine for some and possible for all, but not recommended. And if a yeah. farmer has opted to, hasn't opted to include hedgerow planting in his, his or her plan, uh, acres plan, is there an opportunity for them to, to change their minds or are they committed to not in acres, measures? Not in acres general, but in acres CP, um, which you'll know yourself if you are in that, um, it's an annual plan, which is super, you know, obviously a lot more administration, but um, it's a super departure and will be super for the hedgerows as well. And, in terms and it's of, potentially uh, one of your measures if you need it under eco schemes and, and yes. will, yes. will potentially they, those will potentially change over over the the years because there Correct. may be some questions as to whether people get away with uh, the the area for nature that's currently there on an ongoing basis. That's a good point. All right, yeah, Catherine. Just to your thoughts about planting Irish apple trees and Irish blackcurrant raspberry bushes at random intervals along hedgerows. Is that uh, um, something that's an option or uh, I mean I... there's there's kind of 
I suppose yeah. multiple benefits there. Multiple benefits. Um, I suppose I'd be tending to keep them in an orchard. Like they're the traditional. Um, people get a little bit mixed up with the traditional orchard. It's not actually native. Uh, because apple trees weren't here the 10,000 years ago. A traditional orchard has a kind of slightly different function. It certainly is fantastic for, for associated biodiversity. Um, I suppose in the acres point of view, you're talking about the five per metre of the everything needs to be Irish provenance. So I'd be a little bit careful there. Um, but look, in general, for the f- people who want to do that, yeah, it's fine. Like right. the crab apple would be the one you'd put in the hedge if you're, you know, is is the native um, species. A question in in relation to the spacing of uh, across of the the um, fencing for for hedgerow protection. Okay, well, I'd be absolutely three meters from head from fence to fence. Uh, and yeah. again, can I give the story because it makes so much sense. We uh, the and we we were doing a farm walk on Tipperary years ago, and he happened to be a hedge hedge or sorry a fencing contractor. And when we were starting from scratch and said, where will we put the fence? And he walked out the three metres and the, the other farmers looked at him. What are you doing? And yeah. he said, I'm making my money putting up fences for farmers where the hedges is, is, is put up against them. He said, I'm not going to do the same for myself. And it's just so like it's it's you just need to think 10 years, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. But the temporary fence, I suppose, could be a bit closer, but it's not worth it. Put it out. With yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point because it does look when you're doing it, it looks Huge, three meters does correct. look like a lot. But yeah. uh, and keep the fi- if it's a cows or cattle, keep the wire really high that they'll graze in right under it. So come out a meter, your plants will be in a meter with the with the film, and then another meter, and that meter then would be grazed by under the wire by animals. But for sheep, I imagine you'll sheep obviously would be yeah. sheep wire, and then you want the, yeah. the cutters coming down inside it to yeah. I think we've a, we've a comment here from uh, from somebody involved in the the the, the nursery stock industry, and I think it's it's very relevant to read out. It says in Ireland there are established nursery stock. Uh, there is an established nursery stock stock industry. This industry generates significant exports. Chagas a specialist. There, there is capacity uh, to produce native hedge. Notice of, of demand is required. Especially yeah. scheme changes need to be communicated to growers a number of years in advance. Most of the skills being discussed are common amongst people trained in horticulture that they should be tapped into. And I think this totally is something agree. that has been discussed yeah. with the Department of Agriculture in yeah, relation I... to, to schemes. They need to be deciding a couple of years out and maybe taking a little bit of the risk out of this for some of the... Yeah. the Look, North Pat, countries. we understand rules with the department and with, with, with Europe. You can guarantee nothing. But listen, I would put a million dollars. We'll be planting trees in five years' time. We'll be planting more trees. Year after talking about things. We can't always depend on the schemes. We need to do it and market it to all the other yeah. people who are planting. Um, you know, I do feel I feel sorry for what the Department of Agriculture get, you know, and get got get criticized. I mean, they were very brave to do this, you know, uh, to 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 support us this far. Um, and they will again, I have no doubt. So we all need to work together. And as I said, all I can say is that and we don't need maybe as much as this year, but we need a a steady stream of yeah. all the species. Our, our horticultural specialist, Donald Flanagan, has been in touch with us to say that if uh, there are people that are interested in uh, getting into the this growing of of, of uh, hedgerow stock, uh, to, to, to reach out to him, he's uh, a lot of advice can he, he can offer. And um, there is a scope there for registering as a part-time seed collector as well. So 
Um, so there's there, there there's support there for anybody who's interested in maybe diversifying their their operation. We're just at uh, coming up to to half past uh, ten, Catherine. But uh, just before we we leave, I, I do want to share um, the details of the upcoming uh, water quality conference that uh, your your team, uh, Pat and the team are organizing it's uh taking place on what date do we have it on there maybe pat you want to talk to this so, yeah 7th of February. February. um so, so the- again it, it, it's aimed predominantly at advisors and people working with farmers to in support of water quality as regulators etc uh and yeah it'll be a a full day's look at uh what's happening in the water quality space practical elements and regulatory elements as well Brilliant. And uh, so you can register for that on a Chagas website, just uh, or just Google Chagas Water Quality Conference 2024. I'm sure it'll bring you to it. Um, and also just remind everybody that uh, our signpost uh, team are uh, organizing the Environmental Sustainability Awards for 2024 with a prize fund of up to 30,000. So if you or if you uh, have clients that might be eligible, uh, please do look up the details of that. It's available on the, the Chagas website. Uh, closing date, I think, is the end of February for that. So uh, uh, not far away for, for that. Um, so, Catherine, thanks again so much for, for joining us today. Huge uh, number of people joining us this morning. So this is obviously a really topical uh, area for, for people. Um, and uh, we, we'll have those slides up on our chat on the Chagas website over the next few days if people want to get those details. I think the details of those uh, suppliers are already on the website, the suppliers of the, the compostable film um, that, that's available on the, the Hedro section of the Chagas website. Um, and thanks to Yvonne Maher in the background for helping with the, on the technical side. And uh, next week, we're going to be celebrating World Wetlands uh, Day. And we are going to be joined by Dr. Michal Callahan, who's Development Officer with the Community Wetlands Forum. And he's going to be talking about community-led actions uh, for wetlands and lessons learned from Community Wetlands Forum. Uh, so do join us next Friday for that. Until then, have a nice weekend and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thank you. You've been listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost series, the weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Don't forget to join us live every Friday morning for our latest webinar. For more, visit chagask.ie. And you can also rate, review and subscribe to the Signpost series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Mark Gibson and thanks for listening.